But excited to launch a new book of the Bible, Galatians. Just you know, Galatians is all about uh, the living, transforming, saving power of the gospel. It's all about not being derailed in, in our lives with Jesus uh, by drifting back into trusting yourself or religion. It's all about understanding really what happened when Jesus rose from death. It's it's really exciting. It's one of the it's one of the most um, uh, urgent books. Like it's one of the most in all of Paul's letters. He's he's like he does doesn't open up with, hey, I just want to thank God for all the stuff you're doing. And um, he's like, what the heck are you guys doing? You've deserted the gospel. You've distorted, like he is coming in hot, okay? Uh, and so there, there's an urgency, like something needs to change in, in what's distorting our, our love for God and what's, what's keeping us from passionately following him. Let me say this. I think it was D.A. Carson who said, um, uh, I'll just quote it. One generation believes the gospel. The next assumes it. So like, yeah, we know the gospel. Uh, and the third will forget and deny it. So one generation believes the gospel. The next assumes it. The third will forget and deny it. And I believe that there are some of us uh, in here who are in the number two. We assume the gospel. We we think we know what the gospel is. And so in this series, um, I felt like God put it on my heart to go, I, I want them to not only know and live hearts that are free in the gospel, but I want them to be living with me for the person of the gospel. Okay, let me say this in a totally different way. Um, it's not enough to know the word of God, or it's not enough to know the gospel is, you know, like this sword, this amazing thing. It's not enough to know that it is the power of God to save. It's not enough for us to know. Um, it's how, where we find our identity. It's, it's this whole new life we live with him in. No, the Bible says we are to pick it up, right? The point of the book of Galatians is you think you know the gospel and you don't. You think you apply the gospel, churches in Galatia, and you don't. You think you understand the gospel and you've worked it out in your heart and you don't. And so something needs to change. Something needs to change in how you're applying and living it and using it, right? So I wanna be really frank with you at the beginning, right? Cause um, that's just, I just gotta tell you, I don't care uh, if you if you actually get to know this book really, really well. Like, I don't care if you got like 10 pages of notes and I know, I don't care. Like in, in order of importance, the demons know the book of Galatians really, really well. Okay, the demons know this gospel. They hate it. They, they don't treasure him in it and they're not using it. They're not taking it out. Okay, David Platt in... in uh, in his book, he writes this, God didn't design the gospel of Jesus to be confined to our minds and mouths in the church, yet disconnected from our emotions and actions in the world, okay? Or to borrow from Kanye West, use this gospel, okay? Use this gospel for protection. It's a hard road to heaven. That's true. It's a hard road to heaven. King of the king, you're not, and no one. All right, that's the point. So here's my hope. Here's my hope throughout this time. Um, I wanna give freedom. I want you to give me freedom um, to not only teach this book, um, but I wanna teach you how to share the gospel. I, I want you to not only know how to live the gospel or believe it, 
uh, and just see it as this new kind of power of God with you and in you and a, a friendship with Jesus like you've never had, I want you to take this gospel out. So um, I would love, like if, if the spirit breathed on us, which I'm praying he does. I just, you know, one of my prayers is like, I can't make the wind blow, but I can ask for it to blow. So, um, you know, like, you know, when Jesus would like teach his disciples and then he would send them out and he's like, I give you authority and power to go out and cast out demons and, and, and proclaim the kingdom of heaven. And so they would go out and they would have, they would experience with Jesus power and authority, like this joy, right? I can't, this is, I know I'm Jesus in this whole scenario, but um, I'm really hoping in this series in Galatians that, that we, would, we would hear teaching and, and we would have these hearts that are going, okay, I'm going to take this authority, this, this power, I'm gonna use this gospel and I'm gonna take it out. That, that, that you would come back like the 72 and go, man, I, I literally freed my best friend from this demon that was just lying to her all night. Like I, I just prayed and it left, it was crazy. Or man, I was, I was driving home with, with my buddy from work. He was, and God, he just asked me about my faith and I got to share Christ. Like that's what I wanna do. So here's what I'm gonna do in this series um, is, is, is we're gonna pray every sermon about this kind of thing. But, but I just wanna tell you this, my conviction is that to be a follower of Jesus, like he's actually real. So to be really followers of Jesus, that we would actually abide with him. And this is difficult. What I'm gonna say next is difficult. So that we would spend, we would commune with him every day. And then we would learn to look where he is going and then we would, we would follow him and minister there, okay? Um, like, I really believe this. I really believe if you actually woke up every day and you sat with, with him in his word and you communed with him, because he delights to give you the kingdom, the Bible says, that if you asked him, Jesus, will you show me today where you're working and then help me to join you in that. I really believe that he would. Like, I believe he would show you and open doors for you. Um, but it would mean you really believe that he's real and you really believe that your time exists for him and that whatever you have today, you wanna follow him in your day. Some of you will not experience any power in your life because you're actually not gonna follow Jesus. That's what I just said is not really in your heart and you won't. But I believe there are some of you and I think many of you who will. So I'm really excited. Okay, so here's what I'd like us to do. Every Sunday, we're gonna pray specifically for people we know that we're gonna see in our week and we're gonna ask God to fill and empower us to joyfully represent him and share the gospel with, okay? So here's the prayer. I'm gonna show you the prayer. Every Sunday you come in now, we're gonna say, we're gonna say, Jesus, will you please make me aware of spiritual realities? Most of us go into our week and we are not aware of spiritual realities. We're, we're not aware that you have spiritual gifts. You're not aware of the spiritual warfare that's happening in your life. You're not aware where Jesus could be at work because you're not listening to God, you're not abiding with him and you don't wanna love who he loves and you don't wanna do what he wants to do. But when that changes, you'll be like, this is, 
I could, oh my, oh my goodness, he's showing me like for the first time, I'm gonna love that person the way he loves her. And it'll be, it'll be, it'll be supernatural. Okay, what I'm asking you to do, by the way, you can do. So this is all the spirit of God. I've already had this conversation with Jesus. I'm like, if I introduce this, it's, you actually have to do it. <laughs> like, this is all you. Okay, so we're gonna pray. I know you guys are all uh, skeptic. Okay, Jesus, will you please make me aware of spiritual realities and what you're doing in the lives? And then I want you to think of people that come to your mind um, that you're gonna see this week. And then we're gonna pray, would you show me how I can be a part of that? And then here's the second prayer. Um, so the first prayer is, is make me aware and show me these people what you're doing in their lives. And then the second prayer is, would you grant me a work of your spirit? May, may your spirit empower, direct me with wisdom, love, and humility to then share with those people something of the beauty of Jesus, like something of the gospel, okay? So, so that the second prayer will be up there as well. So that's the second prayer. Um, and then I wanna hear. I really believe he's gonna answer this. And then I wanna hear what God did in your life. So what we wanna do at the beginning of each of these messages is I'm going to, I really want the Holy Spirit to lead this. So I'm not going to, you know, make a, uh, like every week we'll have this, but I'm going to ask Jesus, is there someone in here who you really used and they should share? And you'll, you, let's say God, you know, at, at the office place or on the soccer field, you, he gave you a window and you're like, I think I should share this with everyone. I think God wants me to encourage people. So I'll pray and then I'll say, is there anyone who wants to share what God did in your life? And you'll be like, yep, the spirit told me to do that. And then you'll come up and we'll share it because this is real, right? This is, not, you, this is a real thing. We're the, really the church and Jesus really is alive, right? Everyone nod, just, you know, let's agree with nodding. Yes, I'm with you, pastor. Thank you. You know, I'll take a few like, mm, come on. I'll take those, okay? Right, thank you. Um, so here's what, we're gonna begin that way. You're gonna pray this prayer, then I'll pray, and then we'll start Galatians. That's all an intro. So we didn't even start it. That was an intro. Okay, so you pray, I'll pray, and then we'll open this, the book of Galatians. Wait, before we pray, some of you are praying mid-prayer. Um, when I said that, that I really want everyone in this room to experience like ministering his love, like we wanna take this gospel out. Some of us, deep down, we don't want to. We don't want to be the person who, who shares our faith. We're like there's something in that was like, I, we don't wanna do that. And if that's you, I just want you to ask Jesus why. Just why don't I want to live with you in such a way that you would show me who I can bring this good news to? So just ask him that in, that, in your prayer.
Uh, Father, I just I want to pray that you would be present with us to give us faith this morning. Lord, I just I, as we start this new year, like we have an opportunity to be equipped in in loving what you love and doing what you did. In and on the North Shore, God, we know that on this side of heaven, you have given us resurrection, you've given us new creation, you have put a beachhead in us, light in darkness, the kingdom of God against the kingdom of this world, and the enemy's doing everything he can to deactivate our love for you and our love for other people by helping other people meet you and have new life with you. And this is the mission you called your disciples on. This is the mission when you said to your disciples, come and follow me. The next word you said was, and I will make you fishers of men. For some of us that doesn't sit well and we don't know why. And I want to ask that you would bring new life to that. I pray that you would raise us from the dead. Some of us have been sleeping to loving you and caring about the gospel and being a missionary and being sent. And, and I just want to ask that you would do a whole work at the shore that we, God, would love to join you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, as we get into the heart of Galatians, that you would, that you would bring that heart into us. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, you would help me teach and we're excited for this letter. We thank you that your word is timeless. We thank you that when it speaks, you speak. And so I pray you'd speak really powerfully today in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so uh, Galatians. So if you have a Bible, Galatians 1, we're gonna look at five verses. The first verse is the intro to this letter. Uh, by the way, here is a manuscript of one of the oldest uh, papyra we have of Galatians. So that's Galatians right here, a section of it. And that's the Gospel of John. And if you want, if you're ever in uh, Dublin, in the Chester Beatty Library in Dublin, Ireland, you can go uh, and look at the, this is, it is around uh, 180 AD is, is one of these copies. So Paul, here we go. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ, and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of, of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so I just wanna look at two uh, big ideas in this intro. Uh, first, I want us to see that Paul is doing, here's your first point if you're taking notes on some of the kids, um, Paul is doing what God called him or told him to do. Okay, this is really, this is really important. You'll see later that Paul is, he, he is needing to defend himself because they're saying, you are truly not an apostle. Don't listen to Paul. He was never really with Jesus. And he's saying, nope, Jesus really came to me. He really did rise and I'm doing what he called me to do. Okay, so the second thing we're gonna learn is Jesus alone is our hero. Jesus alone is our hero. Okay, now let me just ask, because we, we're starting you know, like a whole new letter. We need to kind of figure out where we are, what's going on in, in this whole letter. Well, um, 
basically, uh, Paul is needing to defend himself. So what he'll do for the first two chapters is he'll defend the gospel and he'll defend himself. The second chapter is he'll explain the gospel. And, and then the third, like the last two chapters, he's gonna apply the gospel. This whole letter is about understanding and knowing the gospel. And here's why. The churches in Galatia, uh, they've, they've turned away. They've deserted the gospel. Let me show you just really quick in Galatians 3, uh, what's going on here. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the spirit? So did you receive new life? Like Jesus himself, complete salvation, forgiveness of sin, having his power, his new life, new creation. Did you receive that? He's asking them by works of the law. So you're obeying the Old Testament law by works or by hearing with faith. How did you become a Christian? They know he's gonna answer, they're gonna answer, well, by hearing with faith, right? And then he's like, are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, if, this, if the spirit gave you this complete treasure and, and Jesus in you a new life, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So, so let me tell you what's going on here, okay? It's a little weird. I'm gonna bring up circumcision because who doesn't when they teach the Bible? Okay, um, basically what they would say uh, is great. You're a Christian now. Jesus saved you. Um, but don't you know, like haven't, Jesus, Jesus saves us, but the only way for you to complete this salvation or or be mature in your salvation is we need to make sure that you are truly, you know, from Abraham, that you are truly a child of God. And they'll go to Genesis 17 and they'll say, didn't you know that God made an everlasting covenant? So everlasting is a long time and, and you need to truly be circumcised. So yes, Jesus, but you need to in order to be mature and complete, you gotta make sure you have this done and this done. And now we don't have that issue today. It's not like we're like meeting with your buddy and being like, bro, you circumcised? No, a what? That wouldn't be, that would be weird, right? We wouldn't ask for that. But, but today it would be like, oh, you, oh, you don't drink, right? Or, or you don't, we, we have all these other works that we add to this good news of the gospel and Paul's going, no, there's no adding to the gospel. The spirit in you is how you continue what the spirit began in you. So he's gonna be, for this whole letter, explaining what's wrong with this belief. Now, let me explain this to you. The key to religion, not the gospel, is this, okay? If you're like, what is the false gospel? The false gospel is, is, is this, is a, is a belief that what you do for God matters most. And Paul's coming in to saying, it's what God has done for you that matters most. Right? That's it. So now Paul's defending himself um, and, and he keeps going. Okay, so, so here's what he says. Paul, by the way, this first line, um, is, it sounds like theological, like, you know, God saves people and sends people, which is true. But Paul's actually defending himself. Because they're now saying, well, you know what? If Paul's against circumcision and against the Bible and obeying rules, 
then he truly couldn't be from Jerusalem. He couldn't be one. He's not even, he wasn't even one of the 12. Who's Paul to tell you what to do? So Paul's like, "Mm mm-mm. So here's how he begins his letter, ready? Paul, an apostle, not from men. So he just wants to tell them, this is not, I did not come because the Jerusalem council thought I saw some gifts or I'm not, not, from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ. He's saying, this is my authority. I have the right from Jesus to speak into this issue. I wasn't voted in. Jesus himself came to me and he's commissioned me. It's gonna be really cool. Paul, only in Galatians will tell you what happened after his conversion and how Jesus spent time with him, became his friend and taught him the true gospel so that, so that when he went and shared it to the Gentiles, he got it right. And so Paul's going, I have Jesus' authority who raised him from the dead. Now, here's what you need to see right away. And this is really key for your your Christian life. The resurrection, okay? The resurrection, it signified the new age has dawned. So when Jesus came out of the grave, something happened in his life, death, and resurrection that, that is now a new beachhead. It's like a new kingdom. His spirit in now new creatures, new creations is different from the old world order. It's different from the world system of how you could relate to God and have forgiveness. There's this new reality, this new freedom in the spirit by the works of Jesus that comes in not the works of the law. When he rose, this new kingdom by the spirit comes in so you don't need the old system. That, we're gonna talk about that a lot uh, in, the, in the few weeks ahead. But, but let me just say this, okay, really, really uh, clearly here. Um, how many of you, you have a best friend and you love doing what your best friend is into, right? Think of your best friend, just for a moment, what gets your best friend most excited? Okay, just think about that. And whatever it is, isn't it true that we love getting involved uh, with our best friend? Yes. That's what Paul's doing with this letter. Okay? What, what Paul's doing in this letter is he's doing what God called him to do that he's really become a friend with Jesus and he's beginning to love what Jesus loves. And he's so passionate for Jesus' people to get him right. And so what you need to like hear in this time together is this is someone who, who loved his friendship with Jesus. And so it mattered. What his friend loved and did mattered. Um, th- this is a letter of love. Because what Jesus accomplishes at the cross means everything for our salvation, for our life. So this is, this is someone who spent a lot of time with Jesus and we'll learn about that, but he's coming now to this letter to say, guys, it's Jesus alone. Only Jesus is our hero. It's all Jesus. It's all about Jesus. You need to imagine him with such passion, just so you know, and I, I, this is kind of speaking to some of your New Year's resolutions. Did you know that Paul never had uh, in his mind this thought come where he was like, you know what I'm gonna do this year? I think I'm gonna make more room for God. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him more time. No, that would never come as much. All of Paul's time was God's. And if he wanted to do anything else, he was borrowing God's time and he was doing that. 
And I think, I think as we come into this letter, as we come into this new year, it's Paul's doing what Jesus called him to do. He's, he's really committing himself to what Jesus loves, to love what he loves, and then he's sharing that. So in all of his life, he's living with Jesus and for him. Does that make sense? It does. And so my question is, is are we, as you come into this new year, how are you thinking about your life? Is your life and all your time God's? Or are you on the other one? You know what? I think I should make more time for him. That doesn't exist. To be a Christian, this is really simple. Okay, I'm gonna try to be as simple as I can, is to follow Jesus with your whole life. And so you're assuming in your whole life, Jesus is going somewhere and I exist to worship him, to love him and to see where he's going and follow him there. And the only way you're gonna do that is if you're close to him and you're walking with him and you want that, right? Yes, good. Okay, so he goes on, grace to you and peace. This is what you're gonna need, grace. It's all about grace. The gospel is all about grace and peace from God our Father, and Lord Jesus Christ. And then he just goes right into the gospel who gave himself for our sins. For, for what purpose? Why did he do that? To deliver. Uh, so it's a word that means rescue. To deliver us from the present evil age. This old order, this old system, this, the world dominated by the God of this world. He did that to deliver you, to get you out of and, and to get you into relationship with him, to friendship with him, according to the will of our God and father, to whom the glory, to whom be the glory forever and ever. So what does Jesus come to do? He's come to give himself for our sins. So here's what's really, really important. He didn't miss a sin. He didn't miss one. He, did, he, didn't, he, he didn't miss a painful sin against you. He didn't miss a painful heartache. He knew he'd have you with him and he lived and he died and he rose for you. So, so just, you know, this letter, I'll just, I'll just say this letter has transformed so many people. Um, that, like in church history. So I'm gonna give you two examples because we're not gonna get into the whole meat of this. I just wanna intro it. But um, throughout history, this letter has transformed and has changed uh, church history. So I'm gonna give you two examples. The first is Martin Luther, okay? So this is the father of the Reformation. So let me explain a few things. So Luther tried everything he knew to be a good Christian. Okay, how many of you can relate to that? You've tried everything you could to be a good Christian. Here's what he writes. I was a good monk and I kept my order so strictly that I could claim that if ever a monk were able to reach heaven by monkish discipline, I should have found my way there. All my fellows in the house who knew me would bear me out in this. For if it had continued much longer, I would, what with vigils and prayers and readings and such other works have done myself to death. Yet, as one writes, as hard as Luther worked, his conscience was still troubled by the thought that he was not good enough for God. That he was not good enough for God. He didn't understand the gospel of grace. His breakthrough came, so here's his, Martin Luther, his breakthrough came when he discovered that Christianity was about what he, was not about what he had to do for God. It was about what God had done for him in Jesus. So when he read Galatians and started 
writing le like lectures on it. Listen to what he writes. It'll be on the screen. I do not seek my own active righteousness to be good enough. I ought to have and perform it, but I declare that even if I did have it and perform it, I cannot trust in it or stand up before the judgment of God on the basis of it. Thus, I embrace only, Jesus alone is our hero. I embrace only the righteousness of Christ, which we do not perform, but receive, which we do not have, but accept when God the Father grants it to us through Jesus Christ. Just, you know, when John Wesley read Luther's commentary on Galatians, there's a report where he had a bunch of guys with him, the kind of disciples he was with. Um, he fell on his face. So he's reading some of the, and so the other guys are like, we don't know, maybe he's praying. So they all fall on his, their face. And then the, Wesley ran out into the street and going, woo, and just started like celebrating and screaming. And when, when asked about this account, this is what, this is what Wesley writes. Um, he says, at the words where Luther said, what have we then nothing to do? No, nothing, but only to accept of him who, God, who of God has made unto us our wisdom and our righteousness and our sanctification and redemption. At those words, there came such a power over me that I cannot well describe. My great burden fell off in an instant and my heart was so filled with peace and love, I burst into tears. The gospel, which I think you're gonna have that moment. I think in the next few weeks, you're gonna learn the power of the gospel so immensely that you will have that moment where burdens fall and you'll be like, are you serious? It's just all Christ? There's gotta be some, all? Him? It's all him? Having Jesus alone is the key to salvation. So let me say it this way. Friendship is not about us being good. It's about receiving his love and enjoying him. Real Christianity, real spirit-filled being is not about us being good. It's about receiving his love and enjoying him. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you a story. Um, like two or three days ago, we bought Gideon, who's nine today. Nice, your birthday, woo! Okay, so um, we bought him a new toy and we, we were cleaning up and there's a part of this toy, these little circle things um, that we couldn't find. We got lost, we were all cleaning the house and then we couldn't find them. And we were looking and just looking forever and we had people were coming over already. And so we're trying to entertain and he, the whole time he's just, he's just sad. He's just like, I really want this toy. And he was kind of like moaning around the kitchen and just, but he, he was so obsessed. And so we, we stopped, we looked, we looked, couldn't find it, but he wouldn't quit. So we were like, buddy, you just got to go to your room and just calm down for a bit and then we'll come talk. So we did. And so, uh, I came into his room and I said, uh, I said, listen, buddy kids, Jesus knows where this toy is. And so why don't we ask him to show us where these toys are? And, and he will. And so we did. We were like, okay. I'm like, I don't know if he will. So I'm just praying he will. So I'm like, Jesus, but we asked. So I said, Jesus knows where it is. And so we prayed. Um, and so then later on, I'm, I'm just cleaning up or brushing someone's teeth. And the thought comes to mind, hey, Talia, 
put a bunch of stuff in this suitcase. I wonder if it's there. So that thought comes to mind and I go into the room and I check and sure enough, it's in this little pink suitcase. Uh, and I'm like, buddy kids, like, I don't know if it was God or was me or just thought, but look, we found the toy. And he was so happy. He was so excited. We thanked Jesus together. And then I went and brushed uh, like Talia's teeth and I came back and Buddy Gids had his Bible open. And he said to me, what do you think Jesus' favorite story of himself is? And I was like, well, I think the one that he loves us the most is where he went to the cross. And so he turned and he just wanted to spend time with Jesus. He, he got an answer to prayer. God was really real in his life. And instead of playing with that toy, he really felt love for Jesus and he wanted to find out what Jesus loved and he wanted to spend time with Jesus doing that. And I think that's the Christian life. I think when God comes in and he shows us his love and his power, it will in us want us to spend time loving what he loves and spending time with him. And I just, you lose all this when you lose the gospel. And this is Paul's heart. You need to hear this, Kate. I, really, I, I heard this this week and it really changed my life, but I, and I felt like the Spirit wanted me to share with you. The only person who, need, who never needed help chose 12 helpers. Why? And sure, we can kind of give like, you know, like, well, the ascension's gonna happen, the early church, and he had all this plan to replace Israel. Like, we can give that answer. But I, but, I, but I want you to think about this. The only person who never needed any help chose 12 helpers. He didn't need to do that. So why do you think he did it? I'll tell you why I think he did it. I think he did it for the pleasure it gave him to love them and to teach them what he loves. I think he did it because he wanted to be friends with them. And I think for some of us, we don't believe that. But listen, I'm, one of my New Year's resolutions is to memorize John 14, 15, 16, and 17. And in John 14, Jesus tells these guys, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. And then he says this, in my Father's house are many rooms. So in heaven, I have space for you. He says, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna prepare a place for you. And then listen to what he says. And when I come again, I will take you, not to that place. He doesn't say, I'll take you to the, the house I built. He says, I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. Jesus really does want friendship with us and he wants to do ministry with us. He wants to take his love and his good news into the people you love. And he wants to, with you, do some cool stuff. And it's as simple as that. The enemy is freaking out right now, just so you know. He doesn't want you to feel friendship with Jesus because he, when you're friends with him, you are very powerful. You have so much power in you when you have a good friendship with Jesus. The light in you is so bright when you're building a friendship with him. Satan does not want me to preach this sermon. He does not want you to feel like you can actually follow him in your week and that you can love people the way he does. One of the biggest activities of demons is to make you think God's goodness is contingent on your goodness. So you'll wake up 
And there'll be an accusing voice instantly that will say, if you want God's goodness in your life, you need to be good. That's a lie. That's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. The, The Galatians are so entranced by circumcision. Do you know why? Because they've forgotten the significance of the cross. They've moved on from the cross. And it's only in the cross that we're delivered from this present evil age, from from false religion. J.B. Lightfoot, he writes in his commentary, deliverance is the keynote of the epistle. The gospel is a rescue and emancipation from the state of bondage. So here's how I wanna close. You ladies can come on up. I wanna ask you as we are ready to sing this. Okay, will you stand? Let's stand together. I'm gonna ask you this question, two or three questions as we respond, okay? If Jesus were physically standing here and he, um, and you could really sense, like you knew that while Jesus was standing here that he, you could really sense that he had the power to deliver you if he had the power to deliver you, what would you want deliverance from? So if Jesus was really here and you could sense he has the power to deliver me from this this hidden addiction, this brokenness, this anger, this abuse, this this prison that seems to be mine, I, I believe he has the power. What would you want deliverance from? And then I want you to think, what if he showed you that you can bring that to him? What if he showed you that the cell doors that you, are, you feel you're in, they're now open in him. And I want you to, I want you to picture the, the cell doors, they're dripping in his blood. That Jesus has broken and delivered you from those fears. That's what this verse says. Like God told me this morning that you are delivered from the present evil age. Cause that's what the word says. You can be delivered. The door is dripping in blood. Jesus rose from death and you can be delivered. And it, it may not be easy, but if there's something right now beating on your chest, a doubt, a past, a missed opportunity, maybe it's a regret. I want you to say to Jesus, rescue me from that. I want to, I want to, I receive your help and I'm coming out of that prison through the blood of the doors because that's what happened. Listen, being delivered from the present age is not just about going to heaven. It's about his spirit giving you new life. And it's gonna, it's about invading a new reality in your life and, and Jesus wants to do that. I really believe that as we go into this new year, he wants us to step out of this present evil age and to embrace life with him and to be dangerous for the kingdom of God. And you need to believe that for your life. I don't care who's put you in that prison. I do care. I don't mean that in a painful way. But the lie is that you're stuck and you're not because this verse says you're not and this verse is true and it's gonna take a lot of courage. You're gonna need to share some things with people. You're gonna need to ask for his help, 
But Jesus today, if he's here with power, he wants you to say, take me out. He wants, I want you to picture him holding your hand, smiling at you and saying, we can do this because I've done this. And he's gonna take you out of that prison as, you, as we respond, okay? So let's do that. We're gonna sing now. And I'm gonna pray that as you take communion, you would feel the, actually the presence of Jesus himself because that's what the Bible says happens when we take communion. It's remembering the finished work of Jesus. And I want you to think every sin, all the ones tomorrow, all paid for, all gone. At the cross, the gospel is the grace of Christ came to you. All your sins are not accounted for. They're out of the courtroom. This, you're gonna learn this gospel and you're gonna have to use this gospel. You're gonna have to use this gospel for protection. It's a hard road to heaven. There's a king and a kingdom and you get to play. But so much of the enemy's work is saying, you don't get to play, you stay in that prison cell and it's a lie. Jesus invites you to come with him, but you have to walk out. So I want you to walk out with Jesus and he might show you, I need you to share this with this person. I need you to ask forgiveness. I need you to go seek someone. I want you to go pray. Um, we're gonna pray for healing today. So if there's something you wanna be healed of physically or even emotionally or spiritually, we're gonna pray for that. And listen, I don't know what this looks like. I, I've been really hard, I've been really have a hard time, actually not a hard time, but I'm having a confusing time in my own spiritual journey because I feel like Jesus is saying to me, I want you to listen to my spirit more. And I went and I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what do I, like I, so I went for a prayer walk all frustrated. Um, and I felt like the Lord say to me, stop trying to control what this looks like and instead enjoy me and be available. So I'm gonna pass that on to you. Don't control what we just prayed today. Don't control what he's doing. It's good to have goals, but don't control and just enjoy him and be available. And he'll lead you by his good spirit because that's what the spirit does. Okay, I'm gonna pray that and then we'll respond. And then when you're ready, we'll serve each other in communion. We'll have a prayer team. We have Dale and I will pray for healing. Jesus, I just, I thank you. I thank you for this time. And I thank you for this sermon series. And I just wanna ask that in Jesus' name, you'd protect what you're doing in here. I, I believe you've given people new hope a real experience with what an encounter with you could feel like in this life. A break, what distracts us? And if we're lethargic, if we're just doubtful, if we're scared to do another run with God or whatever, I just, I pray that you would just enter in and I pray you would hold our hand and you would, as we sing this song, that we would feel and we would, we would pass by the doors and we would see it's, it's dripping with blood. Jesus's blood has delivered us from this present evil age and we receive that in Jesus' name, amen.